Motorcycle Men. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode 85 of the Motorcycle Men podcast. I am Ted here in the corner booth of the V-Twin Cafe with my cat, Ducker, and I uh, just finished a cup of tea and a little bit of chocolate cake, and I'm ready to roll. But first, thank you for tuning in and listening to the show, and of course, for listening to all the Motorcycle Man podcast shows. And special thanks to all of our contributors and subscribers to the podcast. Your help, regardless of its size, goes a long way to help us improve the show. In fact, this episode is the birth of our video that we're doing now with our podcast on YouTube, so you can check that out as well. Uh, if you would like to help out the show, you can make a one-time contribution by clicking on the Donate button on the homepage, www.motorcyclemen.us, or you can also click on the Subscribe button there as well if you'd like to make a monthly donation. Either case, anything you want to donate, be it a single dollar or whatever, doesn't matter. It helps. Now, for that matter, just being a listener and telling your fellow riders about the Motorcycle Man podcast is also another fine way to show your appreciation. But anything you can do would be greatly appreciated. Okay, I want to reach out a little thanks to our sponsor, Zero3D.com, for helping out the podcast. And don't forget, you can get Zero3D products at your Harley dealer. Zero3D provides accessories, comfort, and performance parts for your big V-twin, your Harley, your Indian. Go check them out, Zero3D.com. That's C-I-R-O-3-D.com. Here is a little bit more about that. If you have a need for new and exciting products, Zero3D.com takes a clean slate approach to design and manufacturing. Zero3D.com features a wide variety of innovative products for the Harley Touring Market and other Harley Big Twins such as the Softail and Trike models. Zero3D's product line includes parts for performance, comfort, and lighting. You'll be getting components of great quality and are affordable for the rider. Because we are riders, we have a passion for design and innovation, and there is always something new to see at Zero3D.com. All of our products offer easy installation. With the proper tools and a little experience, you'll be able to get a part or accessory from Zero3D on the bike with no welding, grinding, or cutting. At Zero3D, we also have a design team with over 40 years of experience, and because our story is deeply tied to motorcycles, we offer great customer service when you need it. And Zero3D's design team is at all the big rallies where we are talking to riders and are working with riders face-to-face. Zero3D products are distributed in the United States by Drag Specialties, in Europe by Parts Europe and Zodiac, and in Asia by Twin Art. Check at your local Harley dealer and ask for Zero Parts. Visit Zero3D.com or call us at 715-808-0027 if you have any questions about any Zero3D.com product. Design is the landscape of the mind, where innovation dwells. We are Zero, Zero3D.com. Now, for those of you who ride a American-made motorcycle, well, this episode is for you. Even if you don't ride an American-made motorcycle, you might learn something here. All right, uh, my guest tonight is the editor-in-chief of American Iron Magazine, Steve Lita. Hi, right, joining me now, all the way from the lovely state of Connecticut, the editor and head honcho of American Iron Magazine, Steve Lita. Hello, Steve, and welcome to the Motorcycle Men Podcast. 
Hi, how are you? Uh, I don't know if I'm the head honcho, but yes, I am the editor of American Iron Magazine. Well, Thank you very much. That kind of makes you the head honcho. <laughs> you make it There's happen. There's a head honcho who would beg to differ, but uh, <laughs> uh, uh, we'll, we'll, call it, uh, we'll call it what it is. Yeah, but you make it happen, and that's what's good. So, mm-hmm. uh, Steve, you're up in Connecticut, and that's where uh, American Iron Magazine is based. So why right. don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what, mm-hmm. you're, and what you're writing? Uh, well, I'm a 50-something guy. Uh, I uh, used to turn wrenches uh, for a living. I was a ASE certified uh, mechanic uh, technician. I worked for a bunch of auto parts companies, uh, traveled around the country uh, doing races, NASCAR races and NHRA drag races. Ended up in uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky, working for Holly Performance Products for uh, the wow. better part of six or seven years. Uh, found my way back to uh, Connecticut and uh, joined uh, Skip Barber Racing. I was doing logistics and operations for them. And riding my own motorcycles and uh, just networking with people and uh, uh, submitting freelance stories here and there. And I uh, was lucky enough to meet uh, a young lady named Jessica Prokup at Road Bike Magazine. And uh, uh, she taught me an awful lot uh, about uh, uh, you know writing stories and putting things together. And, and uh, she helped get me published. And uh, then I came on board with uh, Road Bike as pretty much the... The bottom of the totem pole of the uh, assistant editor and, uh, you know, helping American Iron. Road Bike and American Iron were sister publications. Right. And uh, I contributed to uh, to both and, and just helped with, you know, daily duties. And then uh, uh, as the work duties piled on, uh, I, you know, I, I got more responsibilities. Uh, titles changed. People retired. People moved on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I moved on up the uh, corporate ladder, so to speak. And uh, just recently, just pretty much a little over a year ago, uh, Chris Maida, who was the former editor of uh, American Iron, uh, went into semi-retirement. He uh, he went back to turning wrenches on airplanes, which was a, okay. a, a joy for him. And uh, so that opened up the position, and I, uh, I kind of did a transitional move over to American Iron. And uh, that's uh, that's where I came from, and that's how I ended up here. I've been with the company, uh, with the publishing company for 14 years now. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I've, got, I've seen it grow. I've seen it come. I've seen it go. So it's... Uh, it's a lot of fun, uh, and, I, and I'm glad I was able to, to persevere and, and work my way up. Uh, and not coming from a, a journalism background, right. uh, but learning what I needed to learn. And coming from the motorcycle and the, tech, the technical end of it, uh, that's kind of what, what helped me get here. Wow. So, you, um, so as you, far as, uh, well, l- let me ask you this. So you started off as a freelance writer for the magazine? Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, well, it's, uh, and people, people do uh, ask me and when they want to contribute something now uh you know you know could this lead to something more i'm like well yeah it could but you know <laughs> right now our staff our staff is pretty much locked in right. uh you know but yeah but you never know if we had an opening i, I might turn to somebody who who was a, a contributor and so that at least they'd know uh, know the score a little bit you know as right. far as have a, a leg up on, on on what we do all right as far as uh what i'm uh, working on right now i i uh i have a couple little pet projects uh uh, just uh, some like frame up bikes uh, with with V twins, and then uh, really the only street registered uh, Harley I've got right now is a uh, a sporty 883R with a 1200 kit in it. Wow! And uh, our Sportster guru uh, Dan Homestead, uh, who is a um, bi monthly contributor to American Iron, he's gonna uh, he's he's just uh, chomping at the bit to get inside that that engine. <laughs> uh, so so it looks like I'm gonna have another bike apart. And, uh, <laughs> No. Hopefully it won't be apart too long. But uh, uh, aside from from those, I have uh, you know a garage full, garages full of uh, metric bikes and, and European bikes. Again, coming really? from 
uh, the other magazines that we had. Uh, my background is in European bikes and Japanese bikes and so forth. But I like I like all brands. So wait a minute. So you say you have garages full of bikes? When you say do you mean like more than one garage full of motorcycles and a carport? You're kidding me. No. <laughs> you, is it like an is an addiction to you? Obviously. You know, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, somebody asked me once recently at a, over dinner, how many do you have? And I literally had to take a piece of paper and a pencil and start <laughs> making a little map. Wow. So I just said, this one's parked here and this one's parked here. And I was drawing them all. And uh, yeah, it was. Uh, uh, but then, you know, some of them come, some of them go. I, I trade some, I sell some, I part some out, I build yeah. some and, and so forth. So, uh, uh, yeah, there's there's a number of them, let's say. Well, can can you tell me how many you have? I'm not proud of it. It's over 20 right now. Are you but... really? Oh, well, I mean, how do you just... Dis- you know? now, now, these are 20 working motorcycles that you can ride at any time. Absolutely not. No. Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> so there, there are several that are registered and insured, and the ones closest to the garage door have gas in them and are ready to go and batteries <laughs> charged up. Okay. But uh, most of them are, are project bikes. And stuff. Oh, okay. Cool stuff I found over the years that I always thought... Yeah, I always wanted to have one of those. So, so. how do you how do you find time to ride that many bikes? Uh, I, I unfortunately I don't. Uh, uh, you know that's why I can only afford to register and insure one or two a year. Uh, but I try to, to cycle through them and uh, and again you know yeah. as, as I pick up parts at swap meets and, and build stuff and and then I, I once I get rolling on something I kind of stick with it for a little while and and it becomes a pet project and. Uh, uh, yeah, pay pay a little more attention to some of them. Yeah, well, see, this is this is this is a guy problem. Or maybe it could right, be a girl right. problem, but it's a guy problem because you know we always have expensive hobbies. I right? see a few guitars over your shoulder there, by the way. I, I, ignore the man behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a few. That's a few. How I many guitars have, are in that room? Uh, seven. Okay, that's I used to have fourteen, but I I, scale, I scaled back. So you know what it's like. I know, you know what it's like. Yeah, well, you know what it is. It's like butterfly collecting could be cool, but it doesn't seem satisfying <laughs> enough. You know, so this, yeah, this is why we write those. guitars. Right, exactly. Just with guitars. I, I, I however, I, I only have one motorcycle. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm a little deprived, but it's, I, I can only ride one at a time, right? Well, but, then you put all your attention there, and, and the, the motorcycle's happy, and you're happy. So that's right. That, good. Exactly. You're absolutely mm-hmm. right. So for those who do not subscribe or even know about, uh, why don't you tell our listeners about American Iron Magazine? Well, uh, it's kind of like the name states that we would concentrate on the American V-Twin cruiser market. Uh, the magazine's been in existence for over 25 years. I think we celebrated our 25th anniversary like three years ago. Wow. So uh, um, it's been with the current publishing company uh, for well over 21, 22 of those years and uh, uh, been based in, in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, it's, it's one of the most popular Harley-style magazines uh, on the newsstand. Uh, we have a strong subscriber base. It is available uh, digitally through uh, a company called Zinio. Uh, we do have a strong social media and web presence. Uh, so we have, you know, all the, the multi facets of, of publishing these days and media and marketing. Right. Uh, but Amer- American Iron uh, holds its own. Uh, we, we're proud that uh, it's a clean mag. A lot of people, as a matter of fact, I got a letter today from a reader. Thank you for publishing a magazine that I can leave on the coffee table with children in the house. There you so, go. Uh, yeah, there's no liquor, no smoking, no you know naked women, uh, and and that's the kind of the angle we want to take, mm-hmm. and that we're proud of that. And uh, people people like it and they appreciate it. Now you have a bunch of sister magazines. I understand. Yes, we do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, well, this. it's dwindled down over the years. Uh, we currently the one sister magazine we're publishing uh, six times a year is American Iron Garage. 
which is our home do-it-yourselfer tech magazine. A lot of installs, a lot of garage builds. Um, That magazine uh, also is available via subscription. And then we do some, uh, that's right, you're holding one up right now. Uh, That's uh, that's right. Uh, uh, We do some special editions. For example, last year, we produced uh, an issue called American Iron Salute. Yes, I uh, saw that. A tribute to people in uniform. And it was, it ended up being the number one selling motorcycle-related magazine on the newsstand no for kidding. the period that it was selling. Uh, again, it wasn't available via subscription. It was a newsstand special. So during that period, it, it was very strong. Uh, it, it really it had some great stories in it. Uh, about PTSD and, and about a bunch of like uh, veterans runs, uh, a lot of veterans tributes t- type bikes, and not only the military, but there was also fire department stuff in there. And, and right. uh, we're planning on doing some more of those. Uh, so watch for those later this year. Uh, but uh, we're really happy with the success of Salute and, and other uh, you know, dedicated uh, special editions. Uh, the one we're working on right now is American Iron Power, which will be, will be all high performance parts, bolt ons high-performance bikes. Uh, we have a supercharger install. We have uh, a, an engine build on a twin cam that's 130 horsepower output. Wow. Uh, yeah, that was a wow engine for sure. Uh, so it, uh, it's, that's going to be a great magazine too. And that's just about getting ready to go to the printers now. So you can probably watch for it on the newsstands in about a month or two. Cool. Now, I'm looking at your back issues that you can get recent. And the ma- magazines available through you are American Iron, of course, American Iron Garage, as you mentioned, American American Glory, Motorcycle Bagger, Indian Motorcycle Illustrated, Thunder Alley. Wait, those are older ones, right? Yeah, yeah. Hot Excel and mm-hmm. uh, Hottest Custom Harleys. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, now, addition to that, there are uh, there is a couple other ones as well, aren't there? That I didn't mention there. Uh, well, again, uh, we we ventured into the metric market and uh, European bike market with road bike, motorcycle rides, and culture. Uh, road bike was also known as ride metric for a while. Right. Um, so yeah, on our on our website uh, www.greaserag.com, we do have back issues, and you can see a variety of the special editions we've uh, we've done. We did uh, a special edition for the hundredth anniversary of Harley Davidson, and then another one for the hundred tenth. Uh, those were very popular, and uh, uh, so yeah, I mean, whenever the occasion comes to to do a a, a worthy uh, topic. Uh, and a special edition mag, we'll we'll take it up. These other magazines now are they still in publication now, or that was were they all just one time thing? Uh, no, hot, well, Hot XL was like our Sportster mag, and that was available. It went on for several years and was right. available by subscription. Unfortunately, there wasn't a dedicated uh, Sportster advertising base to keep the magazine healthy. Oh, okay. So unfortunately, that uh, Hot XL got rolled into American Iron. Oh, okay. So, uh, right. Hot XL is a department of American Iron now. Uh, the same with the Indian Illustrated. I mean, we uh, again, we're not an all Harley magazine. We we do welcome victories and Indians and uh, some of the other brands. Uh, just you know, let's say a decade ago, you had the uh, the introduction of all those long fork chopper companies like yeah. American Iron Horse and so forth. Well, you know, American Iron Magazine, uh, you know, concentrated on those, and we welcome those into into the fray. Um, but yeah, some of the titles you were mentioning are. Uh, magazines that were in publication for several years, uh, let's say, and then went under or got folded in uh, to our biggest mag, American Iron. Oh, okay. As the magazine has progressed over the years, uh, mm-hmm. how has the uh, the coverage of American motorcycle industry changed over the years, and has the Internet helped or made that difficult? 
Well, uh, it, it's funny you should ask that. It's it's a great thing, and it's also the bane of our existence. <laughs> um, we you know we love the internet, um, and it helps us promote the sure. print mat, and it helps us promote the topics, and it helps us helps us uh, gather information and, and gather uh, stories uh, and, and inter interrelate and interact with readers and uh, vendors and so forth. Uh, so it, it's it's a great thing to have. Yeah, for a while there, people were saying like, "Oh, the, everything's going to be on the internet, and, and print is dead." I, I beg to differ. Uh, there are uh, I've even seen reports where where it says paper is on the uh, the uptick. Uh, so uh, you know, and I've met many people of, of a certain age who say they just prefer to feel the exactly. piece of paper in their hands. Exactly. You know, and, and that's the beautiful thing. The 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 print mag allows us to post the, the big pictures and the big spreads and make everything beautiful and colorful. Uh, you, you can probably blow up your, your, your phone screen with your little pinch finger method and your iPad yeah. and what have you, but you'll never get that, nope. that beautiful image like you can on, yeah, on know, a spreadable man, you know, paper magazine. Holding that magazine up and being able to look at that, that picture of that custom bagger on, on inside there or, or the, you know, you know, some bike like that up there, you know, it's, it's great. You, you know, looking at it online, all well and good, but I can honestly tell you, while I have the technology and the ability, I just don't and I won't. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, a lot of people do, and, and it yeah. is a you know a, a younger crowd does appreciate the the electronic media, yeah. uh, and we want to we want that and we want to be a part of that. But uh, without a doubt, you know the the paper, uh, the print mag is the artistic end of our of our business, and we're yeah. and we're really proud of that. If, and if you look at now uh, American Iron Magazine, we have a new creative director as of just a few months ago. Uh, Trisha and she is doing a bang up job with with some beautiful layouts. Uh, so over the next few months and issues, you'll notice uh, you know even more artsy type stuff you know entering the mag. Great. Now, and as far as it goes for the coverage of the motorcycle industry over the years since the magazine began, has that changed any? Uh, has it become more difficult? It has a little bit. Uh, things are more timely. Ironically, today. Uh, at 8 a.m. Eastern Time was an embargo on two new Indian models, the uh, Chieftain Elite and the Chieftain uh, Limited. And oh, yeah. we signed an agreement stating that we would not leak the information to the public, uh, you know, before a certain time on a certain date. And the manufacturers have uh, their reasons for you know, releasing it at, at a certain particular time. It might be that there's a dealer show going on and they want the dealers to learn right. about it first. And then, you know, 10 minutes later, they want it to pop on the Internet and so forth. Um, so. So, yeah, I mean, the guys who have in Internet mags or Internet sites, they've been, you know, leaking information. And and of course, the, even just the general public through little bits of investigation has been able to figure out the names of these bikes, but they couldn't see the pictures. Right. Uh, the California Air Research Board posts a, a report of bikes that are currently undergoing inspections. And it said Chieftain Limited and Chieftain Elite. So Indian riders and Indian enthusiasts, has, has they have known that there's two new models coming. Right. They, they don't know what they look like. <laughs> Uh, but right. uh, but again, at at five a.m. this morning, there was a leak. Uh, so some of the you know, images did come online. It's yeah. funny you should mention that because I believe it was either two weeks or four weeks ago. I, I we reported here on the Motorcycle Men podcast that Indian was announcing and releasing of three new bikes, and it was the, the Elite, and that the, both of those bikes you mentioned, and it was another mm -hmm. one. So, mm -hmm. but we again, we knew nothing. All they were were was variations of what already existed. That's all oh, we knew. True, true. 
You know, uh, so, well, I mean, again, the, with the two, two chieftains and the third one was the Roadmaster Classic. Right, exactly. Uh, all three of which appear on, on the cover of our next issue. Uh, and we had to contact our printer and ask them not to ship until a certain time and a wow. certain date and so forth. So to answer your question, yeah, the Internet has made it more difficult in keeping secrets. It has made it more difficult in, uh, uh, you know, maintaining all these agreements and, and uh, getting the information out at the right time and so forth. And that's still controlled a lot by the manufacturers of the motorcycles. Uh, but uh, in the old days, people went to the print mag for their news. But now uh, stuff like this is happening, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm happy that we were, you know, again, it was just a couple hours later. We adhered to the uh, embargo agreement. And exactly at 8 o'clock, I was there at work to, to post our pictures up and our story. Oh, okay. uh, and, uh, and again, entice people to get the full story by, you know, going out and getting the next issue. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah, it, it helps. Uh, just as it did this morning, it'll help us promote, you know, the, the fact that we have these stories in the next issue. Uh, but also, it's kind of again, it's the bane of our existence that we <laughs> nobody can keep secrets anymore. So it sounds like the the manufacturers are getting a little more tight lipped as the years go on. They don't want to release any information to anybody until it's time. Well, they try, but uh, <laughs> they try. Th things happen. I I wrote a column years ago called "Can You Keep a Secret," and I went down a, an entire list of ways that the secrets get broken yeah <laughs> and uh and it's funny there were some of them were humorous and, and uh, yeah they try they 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 try everybody you know and nobody but again nobody wants to throw a party and not have anybody show up so uh <laughs> so they these guys they need the internet and and they hate the internet too i'm sure so. i'm sure so now you guys now you guys like you guys, do you shorten the name to aim all the time or you just call it american iron you just aim or you don't even refer to it are you? <laughs> uh, around the office we'll, we'll just call it aim uh in print when you actually read it written out in a story, we'll italicize it and, and spell it out in American Iron Magazine right. so there's no confusion. You know, uh, we don't want to be confused with any other, you know, titles. Uh, but, yeah, just shorthand will, or, or like on a T-shirt logo or something, you might see the the lead, the, the acronym AIM. Okay, well, for this interview, I, I will not refer to it as AIM because many that's people fine. who listen to us will think of the AIM Motorcycle Show. Yeah, the, that's true. Yeah. There, well, that's A-I-M-E. Yes, right? and, I know uh, that. <laughs> no relation, but we have been to that, and we do know those people, and uh, that was just you know ironic how their acronym came exactly. to be. Exactly. So. Well, American Iron, you guys do a lot of bike reviews, which is one mm -hmm. of my favorite features of your magazine. Mm -hmm. Do you get to ride these bikes? Yes, absolutely. I was uh, down in Daytona Bike Week uh, and rode the new Harley Street Rod uh -huh. and the new Harley Road King Special. Right. Uh, spent a couple days on those, spent some time with some photographers, uh, shooting the pretty pictures. And uh, uh, so, yeah, it was just ironic that I, I kind of went to Bike Week this year. I went to Daytona, but I didn't go to Bike Week. Oh, okay. Um, so the yeah, only part of my time was spent, you know, uh, tooling around town. But the other part was spent, uh, you know, testing the bikes and taking them out and, and, and working with them. Uh, but, yeah, we, we get demo units to our office that we get to uh, share among the staff and, and, again, you know, photograph and video uh, and uh, try to get the, the maximum uh, material we can. Uh, we, uh, we get demo units that we are, we're allowed to install parts on, so that's good. We get wow. some part stories, some install stories on. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then, again, the manufacturer gets another uh, plug in the mag because the, the reader gets to see oh. his, his bike. Um, but we try to share it among the staffers. I have a, a West Coast guy named, ironically, his name is Brian Harley. You know, I and, just saw uh, one so of So if his... there's a West Coast <laughs> launch, uh, Brian might get the nod to go to that one. And then we have another gentleman in the Midwest named Tyler, 
uh, and he is he lives in Wisconsin. So if something is happening right in Milwaukee, yeah, uh, we can send him straight to the factory to do a test or what have you. Okay. Uh, and I've got guys in Southern California because a lot of the a lot of the companies have fleets. Uh, they keep fleets in Southern California because okay. some of the mag- other magazines, some of our competitors are based out of uh, Southern California. So I do have some freelancers and guys in Southern California that I rely on. So it's not it's not always me, but uh, but yeah, we try to share it around the the uh, the office. Uh, we have young riders we have uh, female riders we have mature riders so there's also a, a diverse staff uh, uh, to give opinions on these bikes i think it's okay to say old guys it's okay. <laughs> he's mature because yeah, we're all sure. guys. so you share all these bikes that you get with your staff you share them with your motorcycle men uh, podcast friends too i'll be happy to send you a copy of the story send you a copy <laughs> of the magazine of the story i was actually referring yeah. to the motorcycles themselves oh i see <laughs> All right. I, insurance I wish... regulations that come into, into yeah. play, I'm sure you can understand. But, I, uh, I understand. Uh, yeah, I mean, years ago I heard stories about uh, magazines who invited the public to come ride something. Uh, but then, you know, now in the modern times, uh, I'm sure yeah. insurance companies will probably freak out over something like that. Probably. I just saw uh, one of your, uh, uh, Brian Harley, he just did mm-hmm. a review of the 2017 Breakout. I just watched that review. And mm-hmm. I was very yeah. surprised. The breakout was, was was just one of my favorite Harley Davidsons. Uh, I just I was very surprised to see him riding this thing on dirt. Uh, yeah, he well, Brian is uh, he's a cool guy, and and he'll he'll throw a caution to the wind, and <laughs> and and he likes to do like kind of wacky zany stuff. We put Brian in a Polaris slingshot down in Daytona, and said, "Here, have at it. You know, go to town for a day or two in this thing." And and uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, that's cool that he uh, did that um, again where he lives. That might, might have been convenient to him. Uh-huh. Uh, but I mean, you never know. I mean, some people might have dirt driveways and I'm glad that he kind of you know showed it that way. Well, he was out by the Salton Sea and apparently mm-hmm. there isn't much in a way of paved roads. out there. Mm-hmm. So he's riding his thing on the dirt and I'm going like, but that's got a 240 rear wheel. What's he doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? no, he, uh, yeah, he likes to kind of hang it out there. Yeah, that's, that's Brian. That's awesome. Uh, do you have a favorite of all the bikes you've test ridden? Uh, over the 14 years, it, it's hard to pick a favorite. I, I, uh, for Harley Davidsons or for the American market, uh, right now I would have to say any of the Milwaukee Eight touring bikes. Um, wow. I'm really happy with with what Harley Davidson did with that engine. Yeah. Uh, I really love the Street Glide. I really love the Road Glide and uh, with the Milwaukee Eight. Um, I'm a big fan of the regular Lowrider, not the Lowrider S, but the, the regular Lowrider. I found yeah. it very comfortable. Very powerful, you know, just fun to ride. Uh, the Victory Octane uh, last year, I did the evaluation on that, and that was a really fun bike to ride. It's really? unfortunate what happened to Victory. Yeah. And actually, we voted the Victory Octane our sport cruiser of the year. Uh, and then, unfortunately, the, the plug got pulled on Victory, but I love that bike as well. Um, looking at, uh, you know, the other brands of, of bikes that I've ridden for the other magazines that I've worked on, uh, the Triumph Trophy is one of my favorite bikes ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Aprilia Shiver, uh, which is only a 750cc bike, and I'm a six-foot-tall guy, uh, you know, but I, believe it or not, I found it more than powerful enough and very comfortable. And, and I, I even, I think I closed out my story with saying, if I ever find one of these on the used market one of these days, I'm going to buy it because it was just so much fun to ride. And do you own uh, one yet? Another one that sticks out in my mind I always had a great time with was the Yamaha FJR 1300AE which was their electronic shift transmission, um, which was just a hoot. And they were one of the leaders in paddle shifter type type setups. 
And, uh, and I remember when that press launch was over, I actually asked Yamaha if they could sell me a demo bike. Uh, and then they had, of course, they said, well, these are pre-production. We can't let them out to the public and so forth. For, yeah. So they had their, their legalese reasons why they couldn't sell it. But uh, same situation. I mean, I, I just recall that as being one of my favorite bikes ever to ride. Did you ever get the FJ? I never did get the FJ, but anytime I, I have an opportunity to ride one, I will. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Any thoughts on Harley killing the V-Rod? Um, well, it was a little before its time. Uh, you know, I mean, the, yeah. a certain element of the public accepted that engine, and it accepted the way it runs, and they accepted the li- liquid cooling and the, the overhead cams and so forth. Uh, and, and really, some people do want to want to move forward into the technology. But then, a, a big part of their base customer base is is nostalgic, yeah. and they look for those push rods, and they look for that sound, that thump, and, and that V twin cadence. And, and uh, so, uh, it just so happens that you know a, a majority of their their riding public likes that vintage nostalgic, even even though now they're electronically fuel injected yeah. and there's sensors all over the place and so forth <laughs> and computers controlling things and there's not even a throttle cable anymore it's all throttle by wire these right. days uh so to to a certain extent we've dragged some of the uh, uh the people who like the the older style stuff kicking and screaming into the <laughs> the, the current uh, yeah. century uh but i do think the v-rod uh was a little ahead of its time i, I there were certain models of v-rod i loved and there were certain models of v-rod i wasn't uh, comfortable on I mean, seating arrangements and foot peg positions and so yeah. forth so some of them were duds and some of them were home run hits in my opinion yeah. um you know you can't blame the company you know sales numbers have to dictate you know what what really continues to be built but you know what you know it's kind of uh, i'll use the word hypocritical of the buying public to say they don't like that engine because the the street rod uh is the new one the 750 it's the same engine it's the revolution engine right so similar yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the well different size and Obviously. so forth yeah but the, the the revolution x yeah in the new little bike uh and that but that then, then again there's a reason for that bike and it's a different reason than why the reason for the the v-rod came along um so uh, the, the v-rod was a good experiment uh you know they i'm sure they learned a lot from it uh, so you, you can probably find hints of technology from that piece, uh, in, you know, in upcoming bikes. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, but uh, but yeah, unfortunately, you know, overall, Harley's got a lot of electrical bills to pay. They've got a lot of employees sure to pay. Do. They've got a lot of machinery to buy, and, and you got to pay the bills. Yeah. So uh, can't blame them. Was there ever a bike that you guys got that you hated? Uh, hate is a strong word, but, uh, I'm proud of the fact that when I'm doing a review, I kind of, you know, there's pros and cons and I lay it all out for everybody. And I just kind of, you know, weigh the, weigh the, the evidence there, so to speak. Yeah. But I was never a big fan of the black line, uh, the F, I think they call it the FXS, uh, with the tall skinny front tire, the front end geometry wasn't good for me. I wasn't comfortable on it. As a matter of fact, uh, looking back, I, I found the review that I wrote on it. And, and I, I again, I, I pointed out some positive things that I could. If you know, like, if you're into this, you like this, and so forth. But and I closed it out with, but for me, you know, this bike is not is not for me. You know, I wasn't comfortable on it. Yeah. Um, I wasn't going to the the metric brands. I was never a big fan of the Honda State line. Uh, again, very spongy, soft suspension, not really high performance, kind of a weak, lethargic motor. Uh, so I get, I was not. You know, it, it, it was just not suiting suiting to me. Uh, and the Mo- Moto Gucci Breva 750, um, 
that bike and I did not get along. <laughs> and uh, I found that thing to be kind of ill-handling and underpowered. And I put it in my story. I mean, there, uh, some readers write in and they say, like, oh, you're in the, the manufacturer's back pocket and you never say anything bad. And I, just, I point out these stories and I say, hey, you know, it isn't all peaches and cream. And, and you know, I, I do shine light on, on some things that I find yeah. questionable. And, and I let the reader decide whether they can live with it or not. And everybody's different. Um, you know, I spoke very highly of the Honda uh, VFR uh, when they redesigned it. Uh, and I actually met a gentleman that went out and bought one. That he says, based on my review, and he hated it. Oh, so really? I, I guess he was blaming me for all that money he spent. But, uh, uh, but again, you know, he wasn't, it wasn't good for him, but I loved it. Uh, so you really, it, it's not, you know, things, people are different. You know, there's there's good sides to everything, you know, and you're gonna you're gonna report what you like and what you think is the best, but somebody might have to, obviously may not have the same opinion on it, you know. But now you've you also guys check out new gear. You're you're given new gear mm-hmm. to check out and you know accessories mm-hmm. and products and things like that. Been anything that's been your favorite that you that's come through your office? Again, I mean, thinking of recent history, uh, I have a few favorites that I've uh, done. Uh, Tom Tom GPS, the Tom Tom Rider GPS, yes. the new redesigned Tom Tom. Yeah. Uh, that thing rocks. Uh, you know, very intuitively, very intuitive to use. Uh, doesn't give you any headaches. No, we got, we actually and they got really one. sorted out. To me, they sorted out how a GPS should work. Wow. Um, Senna recently sent me a, a half helmet with electronics oh, and Bluetooth yeah. built in called the Cavalry. Uh, I've been that. using that a lot lately. I'm a big fan of when we're installing parts, and we've we've installed a couple of uh, Dakota digital gauges. The uh, the Daytona giveaway bike that we built for Daytona Chamber of Commerce, and also the uh, Fat Boy that we built for American Iron Garage. We did a sweepstakes with that bike. Both of those bikes got Daytona digital gauges, and the bells and whistles on those gauges are just there's pages and pages of instructions on how to calibrate this thing and tune wow. it. Wow. You you can do pretty much anything, and they have data acquisition, and I mean, there's a computer built into the gauge. So I really liked installing those products. Um, something that impressed me recently was the headlight that we installed on the Daytona giveaway bike from JW Speaker. Um, it's an adaptive headlight that has a bank angle sensor in it. As you lean the bike, a certain part of the headlight illuminates stronger to shine light into the corner. Oh, uh, JW, really? JW Speaker wow. is not a thing. JW Speaker was the guy's name who invented it. Yeah. And uh, and I, I thought that was the neatest headlight. It's a bit expensive, but it was a neat install. And to actually use it and ride at night with it, it's, it's an impressive, impressive device. Well, I'd like to give that a try. Mm-hmm. Wow. Do you feel like talking some uh, industry stuff? Sure. All right. Now, so you got Harley. Indian, Victory, EBR, uh, Modus, uh, guys like Confederate, etc. Mm-hmm. Now, in Victory and EBR guy, what other American bikes are do you guys feature in American Iron? And do you think they have any relevance on that uh, battlefield with the big guys? Well, well, the two big guys are, of course, right now Harley and Indian, and that that will dominate a lot of the coverage in our mag. Uh, we're dedicated to running uh, some, you know, Victory News and Victory uh, custom bikes, you know, as we find them, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because there was a big, you know, customer base for those, and and we have a lot of material on on the Victories. Uh, unfortunately, you know, I was very sad about the whole EBR thing over and yeah. over and over again <laughs> as it happened. Uh, you know, and you never know what Eric's going to do next. So I, I, I watched that. Yeah, you know, I would love to see something else uh, happen there. Uh, Modus, I. I uh, I've known those guys since before they had a bike. When they really? first started building that bike, they designed the engine. And I met them uh, 
before they had actually fitted the engine into a frame, and and uh, we discussed you know the technology they built into that that little uh, engine that that they had there. And uh, uh, so yeah, I've been following that a lot. Uh, unfortunately, I've never had the chance to evaluate one or ride one. Uh, it is kind of a boutique bike. It's it's uh, hand built, you know, one at a time yeah. or two at a time, and uh, so there's not a lot of them out there. But I've I've been up close with them, and they're they are beautiful. They're great machines, and we'd love to give them uh, one of them a, a shot in the American Iron Magazine. Um, but yeah, the you hit the nail on the head. The two big boys are, are uh, Harley and Indian, and uh, and there's plenty of material out there to cover. Uh, so th- those will dominate our, our coverage in in American Iron in print. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we will spread it around, and, and any news uh, uh, coming down the pike from you know an American manufacturer will be you know fair game for us. Now, do you think these uh, these littler guys like Modus and Confederate and a Vanguard, for example, and their new company? Do you think these people ever get it, will ever get a foothold in the American industry, or will they always just be boutique bikes? Um, unfortunately, uh, you know, I don't think they're aiming high enough uh, to to be mass production, and some of those names you named, I don't think want to go. You know, super big numbers as far as you know production numbers and mass production and, and you know so forth so uh there is kind of a an elite status to having something that's hard to get yeah uh you know you can't always you know buying a bentley isn't that easy <laughs> buying a ferrari i think you have to actually like fill out an application right. to, to buy a ferrari <laughs> and they're not just going to sell you one if you're walking off the street so uh, they're that that is what I think they're looking for. They're they're looking for that that jewelry box thing, the, ah. the, that special piece of jewelry. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, personally, some of the ones you named right there, particularly, I, I think they're perfectly comfortable with with their status, uh, and and they've you know they've never even displayed to me that that they they want to go in a different direction. Yeah, so I would have thought different about Modus. I thought they would have really tried to really make a staple in the industry, but maybe maybe you're right. Maybe they don't want that. Well, for example, going going back to Modus, they actually sell that engine as a crate motor. There's guys building cars with that engine. <laughs> I mean, I think those guys d- did what they wanted to do, uh, uh, and they kind of revolutionized the power plant, and then they, they revolutionized you know what they wanted in a bike, and and they actually have two major products. You know, you can buy the engine uh, and and wiring harnesses and whatever, and, and the, the technical assistance to to build you know you know kit project whatever. Uh, so. Uh, again, that, I think that's what they were looking to do, and that's what they accomplished. Now, you mentioned custom bikes earlier. Now, the mm-hmm. custom bike scene play a big part with uh, American Iron. How, oh, do yeah. you, how do you find so many bike builders? Are they coming to you? Uh, we find them. They come to us. Uh, we, you know, we have a Rolodex of, of <laughs> names. Um, I get emails just about every day. You know, hey, take a look at my bike. You know, what do you think? I get emails every day of pictures of frames on a bike lift. <laughs> which doesn't look anywhere completed, and the guy's telling me what he's going to do. Right. Uh, well, that's great. <laughs> let's see what let's see what it looks like when it's done, and send us. Make sure you take more pictures. Uh, so uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we go to bike shows. We you know we go to events like Daytona and Sturgis and so forth, and we judge. Uh, we get involved with judging bike shows. We've been involved with a, a thing called the Editor's Choice Bike Show, yeah. uh, which occurred at Daytona and Sturgis, where uh, uh, editors of a bunch of magazines get together. And we pick uh, the cream of the crop from you know all the bikes that showed up, and uh, and that's kind of your prize is that one of your, your if you win one of these editors will feature your bike in the mag. So there's a lot of ways to, to get them, and you know and guys who are building them will contact us. And then there again there's the kind of the pro builders uh, yeah. or the ones who, who build you know more than several a year uh, will stay in touch with us. Uh, also, some major manufacturers of aftermarket parts 
still get involved in that, and they contact us to showcase their parts. Uh, Paul Yaffe, uh, Dave Pirowitz, uh, you know, and, and people like that. Uh, Brian Clock, uh, so uh, the the Nesses. Uh, so we'll get you know kind of leaked information. They'll say, hey, we got a new product coming out. We built a bike around that product to showcase that product. Would you like to feature that bike? To showcase to help us showcase that product and and that's cool because you know it's a new custom uh, we're also showcasing a new product uh and we're maintaining our relationship with these guys and these guys kind of are the cream of the crop of builders yeah uh, they know what they're doing uh so yeah it, it comes to us from a, a bunch of different angles i'll say about those uh, those the tv guys like orange county steel city uh, uh counts customs Do these guys could get a hold of you too uh if if they wanted they could sometimes they do their their schedules are, are pretty busy um in the past, uh, American Iron was known for featuring OCC uh, bikes a lot because, again, we're both kind of East Coast thing, um, and uh, yeah, we've I mean we've had you know more than our share of OCC bikes on the cover of American Iron. Nothing recently, nothing lately, uh, but yeah, no, we, we we have people. I mean, I have photographers that shoot bikes for them. Then the photographer will call me and say, "Guess what I just saw," you know. So then that's kind of the connection oh, okay. there. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, again, it comes to us from many different angles. Great. So with all of the uh, the seem- seemingly nonstop changes going on in the industry, is the American market stable or are they in a panic? In the recent past, people uh, would say that, you know, oh, you know the sky's falling in and, uh, and we got to, you know, worry. And uh, I would say things are kind of stable right now. And, and the and it's looking to go more stable. The. Uh, the companies like, let's say, Polaris are making big boy adult decisions like killing victory, uh, you know, or stopping production on it uh, to, you know, in order to shore up their their uh, marketplace, shore, shore up their place in the marketplace and shore up their finances to allow them to concentrate on on, on what's selling. And, yeah. and that, to me, is stability. I mean, if you, if, if you were spending money willy-nilly going crazy you know charging everything mm-hmm. and nothing was selling <laughs> yeah it's time to panic be, you know but but no i mean indian is selling well and uh, and now they're going to be able to concentrate on it more and uh, you know same with harley uh, you know for a few years ago they had to shut down some divisions and, and sell off uh, mv augusta and they solidified things and they changed management and, uh, and they're discontinuing models that aren't working for them. And they're coming out with new models. And they just made the announcement, uh, 50 new models in the next yep. five years. Yeah. <laughs> That's an amazing goal. Now, granted, some of those will just be color changes and some chrome trim right. or what have you. But I do expect to see some all new models blended in with that. We hope. So to me, I, I'd say we're stabilizing and, and getting there. And, and it's not as bad as people had, had thought. Well, that will lead me to the next question, which is uh, the American motorcycle industry. Do you see them becoming more competitive with the foreign markets? Is I mean, is that even a consideration? Do they even care? Well, oh, yeah, they care. <laughs> <laughs> um, as a matter of fact, uh, I'll tell you a little story. Back in the early 90s, I took a tour of the York Harley plant. Right. And as the bikes were coming down the line, everyone had a placard. Each one had a placard on it that was a different color. And... We were asking questions like, okay, where's this one going? Why is that one yellow? Why is this one blue? Why is this one red? And the guy would say, like, well, this one's going to Asia. This one's going to Europe. This one's staying here in America. And and you know what? 
the whatever color was was designated as America, that was the minority. You know, so Harley has been making bikes and shipping them wow. to people all over the world who want them badly and are willing to pay through the nose, probably you know via taxes and fees and, and customs and, and so forth. Right. So it is a world market for these guys. Polaris is the same way. I mean, they they don't just make motorcycles. They make you know the other craft, the four wheelers, and, and all sorts of products that I'm sure. The export market is huge on. There's no secret that that Harley worked with the Indian market to develop the street. Why? Because oh, people over there love the name. They love the heritage. They wanted yeah. to ride one, and and you know now they have their own Harley. So, uh, you know, I see that doing very well. Yeah. Uh, I I don't blame any of these companies for you know looking outside our borders. You know, we're not the only game in town. I mean, yes, yeah. these are American bikes, and yes, you know. God bless America, and we all want to ride our bikes here and so forth. But if if making some of these bikes and selling them in some of these other areas and other markets helps strengthen the company so that it can continue to build bikes for us, yeah, yeah I'm all for it, you know. And you look back at history, too. Harley-Davidson made all sorts of weird machinery to, <laughs> yeah, know. to you know. You know, back in the war days and so forth and snowmobiles and, and you know, power equipment and, and farm implements and so forth uh, you know i mean it was one it was innovation and and, and them and just the industrial power and yeah. two it was you know filling a need uh you know and again it's it, you'd be very narrow-minded to only think you're, you can build one product for one market right exactly uh so getting back to our the domestic thing here i uh, mm-hmm. harley and indian have been going at it for years They've mm-hmm. been they've been one upping each other forever, and it seems mm-hmm. to be like it seems to be getting a little stronger and stronger now. Do, do you yes, see that? Do you see that ramping up even more in the future? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, I, I think these, these two companies genuinely, genuinely, genuinely don't like each other. Really? And they do want to win. I mean, uh, and even I, w- I visited the NHRE drag race in the, the Gator Nationals in Florida on my way out of Florida from Daytona Bike Week recently, right. and. Uh, uh, Polaris has three NHRA Pro Stock motorcycles out there. Harley Davidson, of course, has their Vance and Hines team, which is a award, you know an award-winning championship team. Right. And uh, you know, there's uh, other teams running other brands, but uh, but yeah, these guys want to win. I mean, these guys want to win on the track. They want to win the whole thing with the flat track racing. Yeah, it's going to be tooth and nail. And right now, Indian has one upped uh, Harley a couple times, but it won't be long before Vance and Hines figures out uh, the the XG. Uh, you know, flat track bike, dirt track bike, and uh, you know, you start seeing some some better performance out of them. Um, I, I analogize that uh, when uh, Harley Davidson went drag racing in NHRA Pro Stock bike, I think the first year that they competed, I don't think they had a single victory. But then the, the next year they came out and they started qualifying better, and the technology came came along. And and so again, it, it doesn't come you know right off the trailer as a as a winning bike. But yeah. uh, I'm you know talking racing here, you know. So so one, they want to win there, and that's that old you know, win on Sunday, sell on Monday thing. So that's <laughs> a part of your business. Yeah. But, but yeah, they want to win on the showroom too. Uh, and that's why there has been some smack talk. Like we're coming out with 50 new models in the next five years, um, you know, and, and people, uh, you know, companies like Indian releasing two models at once, like the elite and the limited today. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, it, and it's going to be great for us, the consumers, <laughs> who get yeah. to oh, yeah, see all so. this and, and ride all these different bikes. And, and uh, great for me to, to write about them and shoot pictures of them. Uh, so, yeah, I think it would be beneficial to the, 
to the uh, the riders of, of America and the consumers where they're going to have more choices and, and the pricing will be competitive, you know, come buy our bikes, you know, and, that's, and the financing and so forth. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's all, it's all good. I, I, I think it's a big battle. It's a big rivalry. Um, I'm glad Indian came along. I'm glad Polaris came along with Indian when they did and did what they did. And uh, it's going to be fun to watch. You know, I kind of envision these guys in prospective conference rooms, you know, eyeing up with each one of them did and cursing. But at the same time, I get the impression that it's almost like a nice, friendly competition that they rib each other about. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of that, too. Yeah, and a little bit of showboating and, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's fun to watch, too. Of course. So over the years, uh, what are some of the bike trends that you have seen that you are either glad to see go or sad to see go away? Uh, go away. Um, well, one that's currently going on, uh, we joke about at the office all the time. I mean, uh, this whole the, the, the thing that's going on with the baggers now, the custom baggers, the radical baggers with the big front wheel. <laughs> yeah. uh, I like big front wheel baggers, yeah. but I don't obs- I don't like obscenely big front wheel baggers. Yeah, uh, so I hope that doesn't stick around for too long. <laughs> um, you know, the, the long fork production bikes that I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, that was really hot a few years ago. I remember uh, I can't remember if it was Big Dog or American Iron Horse came to Sturgis one year with like four tractor trailer loads of bikes and they sold out every one they had, wow. you know, and, and, and people just had to have one. But these days uh, I was at a rally not too long ago, I was standing with a, a colleague and we saw one go by and we said, hey, look, old school. <laughs> it really, I mean, it's eight, it was really eight years old, you know, so <laughs> jokingly. Yeah, but uh, so we're, we're kind of happy to see those go away. I, one thing I was sad to see go away in particular uh, you know, name names was the the buell and the buell ulysses uh, so really? there was a an american v twin adventure bike i love adventure bikes i think they're comfortable they're fun to ride the, you know all the japanese and european markets are really having big competition in that market oh, yeah and and here was our only american adventure bike and it was comfortable to ride and it was fun to ride and and right now, if you have a used one, they're holding their value great. I've been looking at the market, and I mean, guys are getting big money for those things used. And I really wish there. I was sad to see our one and only uh, adventure, American-made adventure bike go away. So I, I hope somebody steps up to the plate well, uh, and gets back toward that. Uh, I'd be on board with it. Uh, I'm, like, I'm kind of a tall guy, so I like those taller bikes. And and again, they were they were just you know they handled better, they they turned tighter. Uh, braked better and, and just, you know again carried cargo and, and you could go anywhere and uh so yeah I was, I was sad to see that go well you with harley saying they're going to put out 50 new bikes in five years do you think that might be something that may may jump into my fingers are crossed i i <laughs> i hope that somewhere deep in the, in a research and development laboratory there's a, a mock-up coming together of something like that i mean uh, and even if it doesn't go to market the first time around you know it, it, at least it's something they played with or you know and it, uh, I, I always hope to see these engineers and, and R&D guys say, hey, remember that thing we did a few years ago? Well, you know, should we should we revisit that? You know, And uh, I hope they look back and see the, the Ulysses and, and say that. Yeah, there was a couple bikes that Harley had in the late 70s that could actually make a re- revisit to us uh, in the months to come. Who knows, right? But, oh, uh, yeah. I mean, you've seen, I mean, we've even seen already inspiration from the, the old XLCR Cafe Racer, yeah, which was a, yeah. a sales dud back in the 70s. But we've seen elements of that come out in the new uh, Sportster, Roadster, oh, and, yeah. and the, you know some of the, the newer bikes that they're releasing, and, and even the street model, yeah. uh, the Harley. Uh, so... 
just elements, design elements, and, and, and styling cues uh, that you, know, you can pick up from from those old days. I mean, they don't have to come back out with an XLCR, but come out with something that that had the coolest bits and pieces off it. Well, I'll tell you what, the Roadster. I, I assume you've ridden the Roadster. Mm-hmm. You know, that's mm-hmm. a yes. fun little bike. Yes, absolutely. It's a lot of fun. But you know, I think you're going to see Harley come out with. Well, I mean, the Scrambler thing is kind of fading a little bit, I think. But there's still the possibility that you know Harley or India may produce a Scrambler. The cafe, oh, yeah, the cafe racer scene is something else that's picking up real big now, and I think you're going to see maybe one of those two guys pop out with a cafe racer. The uh, Harley just released some bolt-on cafe racer parts for the Roadster oh. base model, uh, and we just got a press release on on that, uh, and and they were talking about it in Daytona. Uh, so yeah, they're they're showing attention attention to that. So, so what's coming up for American Iron Magazine in a month to come that our listeners might be interested in? Um, well, the the issue that we're uh, that I talked about that's hitting the newsstands now. As a matter of fact, we held the issue so as not to bust the, um, the Indian embargo. Uh, but it, the, those issues should be on trucks headed to uh, Walmarts and Barnes and & Noble and grocery stores uh, as we speak. Uh, on the cover, three new Indians, uh, the Elite, the Limited, the Roadmaster Classic. Uh, we'll also have uh, a... Um, uh, there's a cool blue uh, Road King custom on the, on the cover of that issue. So that one uh, is done, put to bed, printed, and you'll, you'll see that pretty soon. Um, the issue that we're getting ready to ship to the printer uh, will have one of the new models that I rode in Daytona. Mm-hmm. It'll have uh, our, our overall story of the Sons of Speed, which our boss uh, participated in. And that's that's kind of cool that some some magazines are going to cover the Sons of Speed as a from a spectator point of view. Well, we're going to cover it from a participant point of view, mm. and it's going to be multi-part coverage. The Sons of Speed was a great vintage-style race that happened in Daytona uh, just a few weeks ago. Uh, so, again, that's being written up for issue number 350, uh, which will be heading to the printer soon. Um, we have, will have in an upcoming issue, probably about two or three issues from now, uh, the, first of, uh, the first that I've seen, a high-horsepower Milwaukee 8 engine build. Uh, it's being done with the guys down at Star Power in uh, southern Georgia. Mm-hmm. And we're talking over 130 horsepower coming out of that mm-hmm. motor as well. Uh, streetable, rideable, pump gas. Uh, I rode a, a, a prototype uh, of that engine. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, Harley did a great, great job designing the Milwaukee 8. And they designed it so that there's a lot of room to grow and a lot of room to make modifications inside. And now... Uh, it didn't take but a year, and the, the guys, the engine shops, are breaking into the engine and, and doing their thing. You nice. Know? So we'll have that story uh, coming up soon. In issue 352, we'll have a custom bike that's being built, and it's being uh, featured in the uh, Sturgis Legends ride. Uh, so we're we're pretty proud we got kind of the scoop on that, mm-hmm. uh, and so that'll play prominently in, in that issue. Uh, and then, of course, we're going to be covering you know, a lot of events uh, that are that are coming up that we're involved in, okay. and um, uh, so by by the end of the year, you know, those those are some of the things that I mentioned there that that are going to be happening in just the next couple issues. All right. Well, speaking of events, what events mm-hmm. will uh, American Iron Magazine be attending? Rallies and trade shows in 2017. Uh, well, there's there's a bunch. Uh, if not the whole staff, at least you know somebody will be covering. Uh, coming up soon, uh, we have the, uh, a thing that we sponsor called the Kickstart Classic. It starts in Maggie Valley, North Carolina. Uh, all bikes welcome, but if you ride a bike that doesn't have a Kickstarter on it, you ride at the back of the pack. And uh, it's, it starts at the uh, Wheels Through Time Museum, and they do some some really nice rides. That's May 18th through the 21st. And uh, uh, again, if you got a Kickstarter on your bike, uh, all brands welcome. 
and uh, that's a real fun thing to do. Uh, for Biketoberfest, we started up a, uh, a show, uh, a custom bike show called the Old Speed Show, and it'll be held in the parking lot of the Sons of Speed race that's being held at Biketoberfest. Mm-hmm. So that's going to feature a lot of vintage uh, racing bikes. Uh, you can, you know, we're not going to have a lot of those those tall wheel baggers at the show, but if you have a street bike that emulates a racing bike, you're welcome to come enter it. Uh, so that's going to happen in mid-October. Uh, in Connecticut, we're sponsoring the motorcycle division of the Greenwich Concourse, uh, June 3rd and 4th. Mm-hmm. Uh, also in June, the Thompson Vintage Motorcycle Classic in upstate Connecticut, Thompson Speedway Motorsports Park. It's a fun event. Last year was the first year. Uh, the raceway loves it. The crowd loved it. Uh, bike show, swap meet, manufacturers midway, uh, and then at noon, bikes go on track for a track day. Uh, at noon, we actually have a historic parade, and then after those guys come into the pits, the fast boys will be going out for their, their track day activities. So there's going to be a lot of activity, live band. Uh, so we're really looking forward to the, the Thompson Vintage Motorcycle Classic. And then other stuff like uh, Barber Vintage Fest in October, uh, AIM Expo. Uh, one of our female staffers, uh, our creative director, Trisha, she'll be at the Revved Up Women's Texas Motorcycle Expo uh, later this month in San Antonio. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're involved with a, a bunch of different events. Great. How can our listeners get their very own subscription to American Iron Magazine, and where can they get it? Well, I'm glad you asked. Good. If they aren't subscribing yet. Um <laughs> We just started a a really cool promotional uh, thing. Uh, If you subscribe, renew a subscription, or buy a gift subscription for somebody, you're entered into a contest to win a pair of Harley-Davidson brand boots. Uh, So we have a nice little cooperative going on with those uh, fine people. And I think we're giving away one pair of boots for the next four weeks. Uh, You can go to our website and click on that. We've been doing some e-blasts on that. Uh, We do have a a, a toll-free number for our uh, subscription fulfillment house. Uh, 877-693-3572, or you can also go to our website and click the link there. Um, Zinio, again, is our digital publication. Uh, We hand over all our files to Zinio. They format them, and then they sell digital subscriptions or digital single issues. And then, again, you can pick it up on the newsstands, uh, and our uh, special editions are usually available on the newsstands, and back issues are available greaserag.com. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, Steve, I, I think American Iron is a fantastic magazine. I enjoy looking through it as a cruiser guy, as a Harley guy. It is my magazine. I tried, oh, I tried Rider Magazine for, uh, for an entire year, and although they had some great articles, I just couldn't get into it, but American mm-hmm. Iron always comes through for me because it has what I am interested in. And as a cruiser well, guy, I, and I think... I'm glad you say that. I actually buy subscriptions to a lot of different mags, just I mean, not only to watch what my competitors doing are doing from a professional standpoint, but just because I'm a bike guy and I like all brands of bikes, and I don't mind paying for for them. And I do subscribe to Rider, and I do subscribe to Motorcyclist, and I do you know like seeing what these guys are doing. And I've I've been subscribing to some of these mags since the mid '80s. Wow. Uh, so you know, and unfortunately, I, some of them I can't let go of. But uh, <laughs> uh, there's another collection thing we could talk about there. <laughs> all right. Well, listen, Steve, I want to thank you very much for joining me here on the Motorcycle Men podcast. I really appreciate everything that you and everybody at your staff is doing for the American motorcycle market and the cruiser guys like me and my brothers. So I really appreciate everything you're doing. Great job on the magazine. Thank you. I appreciate you guys uh, having us on here, and uh, best uh, best of luck with this podcast. And, uh, again, thank you. Thank you very much, Steve. Okay.
Thank you for listening to this episode number 85 of the Motorcycle Man podcast with my guest, Steve Lita of American Iron Magazine. Please take the time to check out the magazine online or get yourself your own subscription. It's a great magazine. Uh, check out their website and on their Facebook page and also tell them how much you enjoyed the show and listening to them here on the podcast. Tell us about it. I'm sure they would appreciate it. Uh, don't forget to check out our friends over at Loud Pipes Podcast, Throttle Podcast, Motorcycles and Misfits, Cleveland Moto, Motorific, Cafe Racer Podcast, and of course, the Wheel Nerds. All of these podcasts and many more out there like them do great things to promote and encourage our sport and our passion. Also, look to our sponsors, Love Jugs. Cool off your big twin with Love Jugs. Do it. Uh, it's love-jugs.com and Ciro3D, C-I-R-O-3D.com. Providing you with top quality accessories, comfort, and performance parts for your big twin at Ciro3D.com. From Tim Buck to Chris the Joker and me, Ted, your host. Thanks for listening to the Motorcycle Men Podcast. This was episode 85 with Steve Lita of American Iron. Get on your motorcycle, boys and girls, and head out to that far and wide. Be safe. <laughs>